0: Welcome, everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes explaining the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 21 and 22. In the last two episodes, there were large parts of the text omitted for being fraudulent insertions of made up homilies attributed to Jesus. In these chapters, in this episode, there is mostly content that is being repeated or plagiarized from other testimonies. It seems the heretics who created the testimony of Luke did not have much to write about except to plagiarize and editorialize text from Matthew's testimony, or to fabricate their own and attribute it falsely to be the words of Jesus. The first note explains the omission of verses 1-4 through in chapter 21, the story of an old woman putting copper coins in the poor box has been omitted as fraudulent. There was no purpose for the story as a point of teaching the message of Jesus, and it only had the purpose to support the Catholic doctrine of tithing and giving to the church. The main purpose God had for anointing Jesus to be the Christ in the time of the Roman conquest was to redirect his chosen people who had betrayed God by worshiping the false gods of the Romans in exchange for money. All stories being attributed to Jesus that involve any kind of money are false teachings created by the Roman Catholic Church and its pagan theology. All Christian denominations that ask for a tithe or take monetary gifts in lieu of tithes are practicing the forbidden worship of money as a god because of the curses injected into this testimony by heretical pagans. The next note is about an omission in verse 5, which now says some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned and beautiful with stones. But Jesus said, The clause, and with gifts dedicated to God, was heretical fraud. It was the pagan editor's technique to add such statements of falsehood to the text as part of the curse. The purpose has been to trick people into believing that the ornate structures and the money required to build them were gifts to God. But that is all a lie. Give unto God what is God's means. Give God love and worship. Jesus taught that monetary wealth was not what God wanted. But pagan Catholics teach that everyone must sacrifice their wealth to the church as a gift to God because that is what God wants. The pagans were liars. and The Catholic Church is a fraud. The next note is about a correction in verse 13, which says this will result in your being witnesses against them. The incorrect form of a preposition is another example of grammatical error intentionally designed to create a curse of confusion. There is a big difference in the meaning of the statement with the word against compared to the word to. While it is quite obvious that there are a dozen other versions of this text in English and hundreds of other languages, the intentional alteration in this modern writing is an example of how the Antichrist who existed in the past continues to exist today in those who print and publish these versions of the testimonies in many different languages. Jesus is saying that those who follow his teachings will be persecuted for their faith in God and they will bear witness against those who blaspheme God. This statement is a prophecy about the depaganization and what it's really all about. This effort is a witness against the Antichrist and Catholicism because they have blasphemed God for 2,000 years. The time has come for the trial to begin, and few will be ready for Judgment Day. I ask God to announce that day soon so the righteous will not suffer long. The next note is about verse 15 which says, For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. This statement is relevantly the prophecy about this effort to depaganize the text of the testimonies and to be a witness against the heretics and pagans who have murdered Jesus Christ by their hateful and sinful blasphemies. The testimony for Yeshua is also predicted in this prophecy by Jesus himself in this passage. The pagan heretics of Catholicism have created this Blasphemous text they call the Word of God, but it is full of contradictions. Their ignorance makes the process of de-paganizing the New Testament child's play. Because the contradictions are so obvious and easy to identify. Satan chose morons for his defense team. The devil can object about my name calling, but I am not the Christ. I am the son of a man. The next note is about verse 20, which says... When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. The time for the desolation is near because Jerusalem is currently surrounded by armies. The end time prophecy spoken about by Jesus in this testimony is one of the only few parts of the original testimony about the life of Christ that exists in Luke's testimony. The purpose for it to appear mixed in this testimony and surrounded by fraud is to curse its occurrence and prevent the depaganization from being successful. Surrounding the truth of a prophecy by an army of fraudulent editorialization is the symbolic representation of this passage about Jerusalem being surrounded. The armies surrounding Jerusalem are the armies of false gods, the armies of Islamic nations, the armies of heretical Jewish nations, and the army of the fraudulent Christian nations are all people who worship false god and surround Jerusalem today gathered together in this one location at this one time in history God will announce the day of judgment for all of them Luke was a heretic and he plagiarized the true testimonies about Jesus God's eternal truth and the true prophecies of Jesus Christ have survived in these paganized texts to become the most important parts prior to judgment day the second coming of Jesus Christ is at hand and the time is truly near be ready and repent of your sins Accept the Holy Spirit and praise the one and only God of the universe. Do not say Jesus was the Son of God, because that will be rewarded with an express ticket to hell. The next note is about the correction to verse 33, which now says, Earth will pass away, my words will pass away, but heaven is eternal. The original text clearly said that the words of Jesus Christ are eternal, but that is a lie and a curse. Heaven is eternal, because that is the kingdom of God. Christ's words are only existing as long as mankind exists on the earth, and that will not be much longer. The contrary concept of saying that the words of Christ were eternal is inconsistent with God's eternal truth, because God is eternal. The words of Christ will only last until Judgment Day, which will also be the end of all life on earth. The earth will continue to exist as a lifeless, irradiated rock in space orbiting a yellow star endlessly. Unless God decides to renew life on it again thousands of years later. But the words of Jesus Christ will no longer exist. There will be no need for them. The next note is the first note for chapter 22. and explains the omission of verse 3. The statement, then Satan entered Judas Skerritt, was omitted for being a fraud. Satan does not enter any human being because Satan is confined in the prison of angels. A demon may have possessed Judas, but Satan has been imprisoned. While Judas Iscariot has been named as the man who betrayed Christ by identifying him to the chief priest who sought to take Jesus into custody for a trial on the charge of heresy, it is not the case that Satan entered Judas. Men commit sins for a variety of reasons, but Satan did not enter them. Men profane God and commit sin of their own free will. But those who worship Satan will be possessed by the evil spirits of the Nephilim, and they will say that Jesus was the Son of God. Judas Iscariot's statement to the priest was as such. So he was possessed by a demon. Inaccuracy is fraud, and it has been omitted. The next note is about verse 4, which says, And Judas went to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard, and discuss with them how he might betray Jesus. None of the testimonies state the actual truth of the circumstances regarding the betrayal of Judas Iscariot. However, Judas was among the disciples when Jesus warned them not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Iscariot's betrayal was that he went to the priests in the temple and told them that Jesus was claiming to be the anointed one of God. The Jewish priests were heretics who had bargained with the Romans to have power over the people They thought of themselves as protecting the population by working with the Romans to subjugate them all, but they were picking and choosing among the people for conscription in Herod's army or to be crucified for rebelling. They saw Jesus as leading a rebellion because of the large numbers of people who attended his sermons instead of going to the temple to listen to them. Jealousy and greed were the crimes of the heretic Jews who persecuted Jesus for leading the people to freedom from the oppressiveness of the pagan Romans and those heretic Jews. The next note explains the mission of verse 19. The statement, This is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me, has been omitted, because Jesus did not perform a satanic ritual, simulating the consumption of human flesh and blood. Neither the consumption of bread to represent the body of Christ, nor the drinking of wine to represent the blood of Christ, are acceptable, because this concept originated in pagan rituals, associated with the heresy of Melchizedek which has been a deep-fake curse of satanic rituals that are actually performed in the remembrance of the offspring of the fallen angels known as the Nephilim. According to the Book of Enoch, the offspring of the fallen watchers ate and drank the flesh and blood of all living creatures, and they consumed human flesh and blood as cannibals. The rituals of consuming bread as flesh or wine as blood had no precedence in Jewish tradition or scripture until the alterations made in Genesis during the second temple period. The heresy of that alteration has been exposed as fraud by examination of the translation of the Dead Sea Scrolls, specifically the Genesis Apocryphon and Scroll Fragment 11Q13. The next note is about a correction in verse 20, which now says, After supper, Jesus took his cup, saying, This cup is the covenant I make with you, and that I go to prepare a place for you where you will be with me in everlasting life. It has been corrected to reflect the true symbolic gesture of the offering of his cup was a covenant like in a Galilean marriage proposal. The cup of Christ's covenant is still being offered to anyone who will choose to repent of the pagan heretical lies of the falsified testimonies and accept God's eternal truth and be born again in the Holy Spirit. The next note explains the mission of verses 24 through 27. The dispute among the disciples was not appropriate for inclusion in the testimony at this time. The inclusion of this description is false and suggests that Christ's disciples were arguing among themselves about who would take the place of Jesus when he was gone. The next note explains the mission of verses 29-31. through The twelve judges of the tribes of Israel passage has been omitted for being a fraud. It has already been shown that Jesus would not have said this statement because only God will be the judge of others on the day of judgment. Additionally, one of the disciples would betray Jesus and not be among the twelve, they would become eleven. This discrepancy is proof of the fraud committed by the heretic who created this passage and falsified it in the text of more than one testimony in an attempt to give it validity. Additionally, the omitted passage had the purpose of implying support for the fraudulent theology of the Holy Trinity, which is blasphemously polytheistic. The next note explains the omission of verses 35-38. through The passage about being numbered among the transgressors and trading cloaks for swords is a fraudulent editorialization, falsely attributed to being spoken by Jesus. The passage was a complete contradiction of the true message and teaching of Jesus Christ, and it reflects the sentiment of the heretic pagan Luke, who fraudulently wrote this document. Christ would not have told them to sell everything and go buy swords. This statement does not appear in any other testimony. Additionally, Christ would not have cited Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. The Catholic Church of the Middle Ages created this curse by adding this passage to justify their arming of men and murdering of thousands of innocent people in the, in the name of Jesus. But they will all face eternal suffering for the crimes of murder and blasphemy. There may have been revisions of this part occurring during the Renaissance. The testimony of John will have more of this style of writing. But it is obvious that the author of the paganized testimony of John may have had a hand in the revision of Luke's testimony also. The next note is about the omission of verses 49 through 51. The event of someone drawing a sword appears in other testimonies but pagans have edited the facts to portray the disciples as striking a man with a sword first. The actions of those following Jesus striking first is also contradictory to his teachings the same as it was for him to tell them to buy swords. The last note for this episode is about a correction in verse 69 which now says, I am whatever it is that you say, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The correction has been made to the text so that it agrees with other testimonies and the prophecy of God's eternal truth. As demonstrated throughout this depaganized edition of the testimonies, only the demonically possessed called Jesus the Son of God because this was a blasphemy. It has always been a blasphemy to say that Jesus was the Son of God. He was the chosen one, the Christ. Jesus was not Son of God, because the sons of God were eternal spiritual beings made by God to exist only in heaven. It was the fallen sons of God who came to earth and human females and had offspring of their own. Jesus knew he was only a man because he could not have been the Christ without humility, and he would not have resisted their accusations with refutation which would have only angered them more, saying, It is as you say, Is a known response men use preserved in the culture of people living in that region today. The statement is spoken with humility to avoid arguing with someone who makes a false accusation. There are only two chapters remaining and there is a lot left that will not be omitted from those two chapters also. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.